pencil. Got it. Um, so, uh, yes, start off here. A little, little funny. I um, was at a party last night, um, and uh, there was there was a fireplace. And I was around the fire, and uh, um, my brother he he went first in in the silliness because he went. He, his feet were closest to the fire. Um, apparently, they were too close to the fire. He actually his shoe melted and stuff. Uh, <laughs> And I didn't learn my lesson whatsoever without even thinking about it. Just subconsciously, I put my foot actually on the firing. Um, and so, yeah, my, my shoe got melted too. Um, I guess the moral is don't put your soul too close to the fire. Or <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I guess I just want to start off here with a little bit of, I guess, a confession of sorts. Um, so God, God's kind of really been uh, uh, hit me with um, just humility lately. I've had a had a problem with a bunch of different. In, uh, I just haven't had it, um, to be to be honest. Um, so and so it comes to play in a bunch of different things. I've been trying to take credit for the gifts God has given me. I've been trying to. Um, move my life forward without asking for God's help. Um, I've been trying to, I've been, I've been kind of been so busy, caught up in where I'm going that I've completely forgotten how I got here and well, how God brought me to where I am today. Um, and I've kind of had this like, this, the, and I feel like that's a very worldly mindset. Um, I mean, with, with the Disney movies, right? You know, you know, follow your heart, right? And your instincts, you can get through it if you, try hard enough, and then I've been taking credit for things. It's, it's just this worldly mindset, and I guess I've got uh, just a couple stats here about kind of the narcissism of today's society, I guess. Um, so one is that apparently the, um, and I read it off of the internet, so you know it's true. Uh, <laughs> apparently the, uh, the average American family has 85 photographs out on display of themselves in the average American home. Um, the average American teenager sends over 100 texts every single day. Um, then the way they spend money, $96 billion went towards buying beer last year in America, uh, $34.6 billion to gambling, $500 million to golf balls. Steve, you understand. You get me. <laughs> um, let's see, where was I? Oh, yes, uh, $65 billion for soft drinks, while only $2.6 billion for toilet paper. <laughs> 18 billion on late credit card fees. Um, my personal favorite is 310 million dollars went to Halloween costumes for people's pets last year. <laughs> uh, I can't say I can't say I'm completely innocent of all this. That I that I don't um, spend my time and my money on some pretty um, self-centered things. Um, I have over 30 Tigger stuffed animals, believe it or not, and I bought most of those. So, um, and well, no, I've I've never gone out and I've bought a Friday the 13th Halloween mask and stuck it on a cat. Uh, <laughs> I, I I definitely do struggle with kind of that narcissism. So God told me something pretty clear when I when I started coming to this message. Um, he said, 
you're going to try and do this bunch of different things you're going to try to do. You can say you're trying to maybe put your own spin on it, or you're trying to be super smart. And he, he said, Jeremiah, I want, you to, I want you to preach from the word here. And I, I, the word has something way better to say than anything you can say. When it comes to eternal life, you bring nothing to the table. Um, is essentially what he told me. So, um, good words. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be reading from First uh, John five here. Is where I'm going to start. Just flip on over there. It says that whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And notice how it first starts there and ends with the same point. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and it ends with the same thing. So, it's important to, to realize here that the rest of this passage and everything that, that reads in there, none of this is possible without that coming first. Um, we're ta- I'm kind of talking, I guess, kind of the main, if I was going to give a, a title to my sermon, it would probably be um, Overcome the World Through Love. Um, and the Bible states that the greatest kind of love is one who would lay down his, his life for his friends. And that we love because Christ first loved us. And so the important thing here, where, where, like where it says there at the beginning there, is that first things first. None of this is possible without first having the, the faith in Jesus Christ and letting that love be your inspiration for it. So let's go back here to uh, John 15. You guys probably will find it first. But. All right, so John 15, uh, starting at verse 9 here. It says, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. For greater love has no one than this, that one would lay down his life for his friends. And uh, no- notice that in, in verse 10 there. Um, if you keep my commandments, you abide in my love. Um, now, G- God's not saying that if you don't obey me, I don't love you. He's, he's not saying that. But um, so- something that uh, that I realized myself is that in the in these struggles um, with 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 being humble, um, there would come times when I felt alone, and I wondered, why do I feel alone? I I I know God, and I feel like I'm not close to Him, and the the fact of the matter is that if you are are going down on, down a path that that is ungodly, God cannot support you in that, and if you're going one way. And God is going, you're on different pages. He, he can't be right there beside you cheering you on when you're going down the wrong path. So you're going to feel like you're alone because you are 
alone in that. Not that he has left you, but he cannot support you in that. So you can't feel that support because he can't support that. Um, And I guess I kind of realized that. It took me a bit too long, but um, anyway, so you can't serve two gods. You can't serve sin and God. And you can't be looking for selfish gain and be serving God at the same time. It's got to be one or other. And if you're serving the other one, it's going to feel like God is a million miles away. Because if you're running away from God, it feels like he's a million miles away. But as soon as you turn around, he's right there every time. And so you can't serve both. Uh, Verse 12 and verse 13. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. For greater love is no one than this, and that one would lay down his life for his friends. I think it, it, it kind of dawned on me, like, I, I believe, and I think that the, the Bible says that the, the greatest kind of empowerment is love. That love is the, the, the greatest, uh, tool is not the right word, I guess I would probably stick with the word empowerment. That love is the greatest empowerment, the motivational um, thing, the, the greatest uh, inspiration we can have is through love. And we have in us the greatest love there is because there is no greater love than that one would lay down his life for his friends. And God laid down his life for us and put that love in us. So if we have that love, the greatest kind of love there is, and love is the greatest empowerment, then what is impossible? With that, what is impossible? And so there are um, a couple of verses after that. It, it says, um, you will love the children of God. And that's not always easy. Um, like, like Timmy was saying, right? I, and I grew up in the same family, 16 kids, right? We're bound to get on each other's nerves. <laughs> um, and we absolutely got on each other's nerves. And, and, and we were butt heads. But I, I think that... The only, the only way to overcome that, again, as Tim has said, is, is with Jesus' help. And that if you are serving something else, whether you're serving yourself and you may not even realize it, you may be doing something thinking that you're, you're doing it for God, but you're getting so caught up in what you're doing, you forget who you're doing it for. Uh, and that's definitely something I struggle with myself as well. Um, and so if you are serving yourself, and not God, it's going to feel like God is a million miles away from you. And that ability to love your neighbor as yourself, to love your enemies, to love your brother as God loved you, you're not going to be able to have that connection because you're going to feel like you're, you're a million miles away from God because you're serving something else. Uh, and this, this, this kind of concept here that, that, God has, that Jesus has to be at the forefront here. Um, is absolutely supported in the Bible, but I, uh, well, I met this guy. So I, I went down to, to Georgia a little bit ago. Um, took a, a long while to get there, um, but it, I got through there pretty clearly. But then on the way back, it was a mumble-jumble mess. Um, and the buses were missing their connections, and there were delays, and ended up having to be in Cleveland from 10 a.m. I mean, p.m. to 4 a.m., um, 
and just sitting there at the at the bus station. Uh, and so actually, I met this uh, this female minister somewhere along the way on one of the buses. Uh, we had a grand old time. Um, so uh, so we were talking, and there was this other guy. He had been in, on all the buses with us. Uh, like he's been going along with us, and he. He's a little weird, but I can support that. I'm weird. <laughs> uh, he's got this strange confidence about him. Like he would, he would be playing his music and, and not really care whether it was playing out loud or whether he had headphones. Even the bus driver was like, dude, put on your headphones. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Come on. Uh, but he, he just, I don't have that strength confidence. He, he would be dancing and singing, kind of saying whatever was coming to, to his mind um, without really caring what other people think. Um, and so he, he kind of just had that strange confidence about himself. And so he, uh, he came up to, to, to me and Jackie, Jackie was the minister. Um, so we were talking and he came up and he, he started uh, conversing with us about what we were talking about. Um, and so I wanted to know uh, what he thought about, and we were talking about, about God. And so I want to know what he thought about God. Uh, and so what, what he said was, uh, like, well, man, well, here's how, here's how it goes. I said, I was born. And I was born in God. I was kind of raised like in God. And I was just born as a child of God. And throughout the rest of my life, I'll always be a child of God. So I, I asked him exactly what that meant. He's like, man, it goes deep. And he would say that over and over and over and over again. After every single sentence, it was, man, it goes deep. Um, and I'm, I, I'm like, I agree, it does go deep. But I'm not exactly sure what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, and so he said, I, I was just born as a child of God. And I've been going throughout my life as a child of God. So I asked him, um, what about, like, like you sin, we, we've all sinned. Is there any kind of uh, reciprocation for that? And then if there is, like, how does that get counteracted? And when, heaven, I asked him all these questions. He's like, man, it goes deep. <laughs> I was just born a child of God. And now I go through life as a child of God because I was born that way. And God is all around me, so I'm just going to go through my life as a child of God, and it's all going to be good. He was very happy-go-lucky. It was very much that way. Um, I was talking to him, and I, I, he said he was just blessed. He told me, I'm a genius, man. And he said he was a genius. He was just blessed. And so I, I tried showing him uh, the Bible and the, the passage, and he tells me, man, you can't believe everything you read. <laughs> I tell him I absolutely believe every word I read in the Bible. I believe it's the written word of God. Uh, he says you just can't believe all that stuff. And and then I as he I asked him about like um, whether he has other Christian friends, whether he uh, goes to church. And he says, "Man, I was just born a child of God. I don't need to go to church to be with God because I was born a child of God." I don't need to read the Bible to know about God because God is everywhere. And, and so I asked him about Jesus, right? And he said, man, whoever Jesus was, he was, he was saying, like, whoever Jesus was, that's not a part of my life. I was just born a child of God. And it goes deep, man. <laughs> and, and then he started asking some weird like made some strange analogy, legitimately about some orangutan's toes or something. <laughs> I had no idea how that fit into what we were talking about, but it appeared to make sense in his head. Um, so when I asked him about, about Jesus, about 
any uh, insinuation that we've done wrong and we need a savior, he would say, no, man. No, man, I'm good. I'm just going to walk this way in God, just because just I am in God. If I ever gave any insinuation that we, we're sinners, we need help, any, any, kind, any kind of self-condemnation, anything that would, might self-condemn, anything that he visioned as, that I was saying that might put any kind of guilt on him or any kind of maybe responsibility, to, like surrendering his life to Jesus, he said, hey, that's not for me. When it came to giving his life to Jesus, to surrendering, confessing, or admitting his wrongs, he said, no, you know that Jesus guy, I don't need him. I can make it fine without him. The burden of God's because it says here, this is the love of God. We keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. But for him, it was a burden. For him, the, the, the idea of giving up his life to Christ was a burden. The idea of admitting that he had done wrong and needed help, needed saving, was a burden to him. And the idea that he couldn't make it on his own was too hard to believe. And some of you, and inclu including me, might originally, this guy's name is uh, Peter, by the way. Um, some of us who might originally look at this guy kind of first glance, um, thinking, here's a guy who thinks that he can make it without God, might think, this guy is a little crazy. I'm glad I'm not like this person. But I think we can all fall into that temptation. I don't think the temptation of thinking you can make it without God is beyond any of us. And you might originally look at Pete here and think he needs help, but I don't, I don't think there, I think that we can all think of a time when we needed the same help, when we needed reminding that we need God, that we cannot make it without him. I think we all fall into that temptation sometimes. And if we try to do anything, no matter, no matter how good our intentions, because there, there are times when I, I really thought that what I was doing was serving God, but I was really serving myself, and I didn't realize it. No matter how good our intentions, like trying to observe his commandments, if our reason or motivation behind it is anything besides we love because Christ first loved us, then we risk doing it for self-gain. We risk telling God the same thing, that we can make it fine without him, that we don't need him. We end up praising ourselves instead. And th this isn't usually an outward thing. Usually on the outside, like what we're doing, we, we think that what we're, we're trying to do, we're doing it for the glory of God. But on the inside, what we may realize or may not realize is that a lot of times we're doing those things for, for recognition because, because we're tr maybe we're trying to earn our salvation by these good deeds we do. Maybe we're trying to, to get recognition in the community as a great servant by serving these people, but we're not ultimately doing it for the glory of God. And I think that that is a temptation, something that we can all fall into if our first and foremost most front reason that we're doing it is because we love because Christ first loved us. If it is anything besides that, we risk doing it to praise ourselves. We can't let him fall out of our focus. 
our focus falls off of Jesus, we fall back into that, that worldly mindset. We fall, we fall, and we're no longer overcoming the world. The world is overcoming us. How can we overcome the world? How can we overcome the world? Who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Let's go over here to, uh, to 1 John 4, verses 4 through 13. Just a little bit before where I was in 1 John 5. Give you a bit of context here. It says, you are from God, little children. You have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they speak as from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. That's how you know that, that Pete wasn't really walking with God. Pete thought he was walking with God, but he wouldn't listen because God says that Jesus was real. Jesus was his son, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. By this the love of God has manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the appropriation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So here in, uh, in verse, verse 5, or in verse 2 of 1 John 5, as well as verse 13 there, the Bible almost gives us a way to check ourselves almost. Because it says, it says here that this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. His commandments are not burdensome, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So how, do, how can you know? that you are overcoming the world. And I think it almost gives us two ways to, two, two ways to do that. And they both kind of come at the same way because the core of the earth, the core of the world, is you, 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 me, me, me. The world is saying it's you, you, you in all their, their advertisements, right? All, all the advertisements you see, more than 99% of all the advertisements you see for something are things that are telling you to go and get yourself something, right? And then th there's no uh, shortage of examples everywhere where you see the world is telling you be good to yourself, better yourself, uh, your, your, your likes on Facebook, getting more recognition and bettering yourself, that it's about you. So the core of the earth is me first. It's the exact opposite. The exact opposite of what the earth is saying. To overcome the world is to instead of saying me first, it's saying you first. It says you first. And that's only possible by saying to God, you first. 
God is the one who lives through us. And so, kind of a little um, abbreviation of kind of what I read there. So, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I think that kind of an abbreviation of that is, is almost to say, through Jesus, be excellent to each other. Be excellent to each other. Uh, Pete, my friend Pete, he was missing out on that. He was missing out on, and have any of you guys realized how much easier it is to love one another now that you know the love God has for you? And I'm not saying it's always easy. There are plenty of times where, where your fellow brother is just getting on your nerves. And you don't want that. You want to punch him. <laughs> but through Christ, we can be excellent to each other. Through Christ, we can overcome the world. To check yourself, who's coming first in my life? Who's first? Is it me? Because if it's me, I'm not overcoming the world. I'm succumbing to the world. Who comes first? It's got to be first Jesus. It's got to be first God. That's right there. It's got to be first. And then the, na the natural outpouring of that, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. To put others above ourselves. To overcome the worldly way of thinking me first by saying you first. And in that way, through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, with Christ, instead of ourselves at the center of our lives, our love can be perfected. We can be excellent to each other. Being excellent to each other becomes contagious, infectious, second nature. If overcoming the world means to love and put others before yourselves, then by God's grace, we will overcome the world every day by this and nothing but this, but by the power and the love and the blood of Jesus Christ's death and resurrection. Let's pray. Dear God, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for, for all the stuff that you put in there and all the all the real wisdom that we really need. And I pray, God, that every day that we will continue to seek out, seek out that, seek out you, because we're seeking you over ourselves. That's the only way to really overcome the world. And I pray, God, that you will, you will fill us with love for one another through your son, Jesus Christ. And I pray we would seek that. We would seek your son and then seek to love others as you have loved us. And I pray, God, you will give us the strength to do this. Amen.